All right. Hey, everybody's doing good today. Come on. It's so great to be in church. You ain't ready for what's about to come at you right now because I love to preach and God has called me to preach and I'm going to bring a message today that God has been burning in my heart. And I'm just excited to share with you. You know, it's always a great honor uh, when Pastor Rob shares the stage with the campus pastors. So really want to give a shout out and on and show honor to Pastor Rob for sharing the stage at all campuses this weekend for all of us as we have the chance to share. And um, I don't know about you, but how many of you guys can remember as a kid when you were growing up and your parents would make you eat your vegetables? Okay, so you remember that. Now here's the question. Some of you might be like, you know, I'm not talking about adult you where you're like, where you're like, yes, vegetables are great. They actually provide beta carotene and they bring you. I'm not talking about all the benefits now because you're an adult and you're boring. I'm talking about when you're a kid and you had to eat your vegetables. What was the worst vegetable that you hated the most growing up that you're forced to eat? Share it with someone next to you. Go ahead and just tell them what it is. What was that vegetable that your parents, some of you guys are in here, your middle schoolers going, I hate when you make, tell your parents, I hate it when you make me eat this vegetable. You can say that to them if you want, it's fine. Exactly. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, my worst vegetable is this, it's peas. I think peas is, yes, exactly. I see a thumbs up in the back. Peas are disgusting. I don't know, even think about it. Even as it doesn't even sound great, at least like broccoli sounds like muscular and strong. Peas sounds wimpy and gross and filthy. It's disgusting. And especially canned peas. Oh, I don't know why they made canned peas. That's even worse. But eating peas was always the worst. And I remember my parents would make me eat it and I would try to make them fall off the plate, make them fall off to the side. I would spread them around to look like I ate most of it, That, but I couldn't get it past my parents. And you know, and but when I was a kid, I remember thinking to myself, why would, why would you, why could, do we have to eat peas when I could have my two favorite things, which was Pop-Tarts and Dairy Queen? I'm telling you, there's nothing like I'm going to go to dinner and there's nothing like a piping hot blueberry Pop-Tart that's sitting there with a little steam coming up, cracked in half, angled on a plate, presented to me to enjoy its sweet, delicious goodness. And then after that, topping it off with some sort of a Dairy Queen. I could live off Pop-Tarts and Dairy Queen when I was younger. Do I still do that a little bit, Heidi? Yes, she nods my head, I do. I might be still eating Pop-Tarts and Dairy Queen, but that's the way to my heart is Pop-Tarts and Dairy Queen. To me, that was the meal of all meals. To me, I'm like, why do I need peas when I have Pop-Tarts and Dairy Queen at a moment's notice that I could just call and go ahead and do that? It was great. But here's the deal. My parents knew that Pop-Tarts and Dairy Queen is not the best for me. They knew that when I wanted Pop-Tarts and Dairy Queen, that my parents knew that Son, you can't live off of Pop-Tarts and Dairy Queen, but it tastes so good. The piping hot blueberry Pop-Tart angled on a plate, so delicious. And they would say, Alan, we love your passion. You're a very passionate young man, but listen, you can't have it. You've got to eat your peas. And thankfully, my parents had my best intentions in mind. Thankfully, my mom and dad had the wisdom to not just give me anything I wanted 
when I felt like I wanted to have Pop-Tarts and Dairy Queen. I'm glad that they put themselves out there and said, listen, you don't need Pop-Tarts and Dairy Queen, son. You need peas. Why do I need peas? Well, actually, peas are filled with protein. Peas give you eyesight, better your eyesight. They're actually packed with vitamin C. They actually help with heart health. They're filled with magnesium. They have iron in it. I didn't know all this. I thought peas were a waste of space on my plate. I had to look it up today to figure out why in the world are peas so good for you? I found all that stuff out. Thankfully, my parents had my best intentions in mind and I'm glad I just didn't get what I want. I want to talk to you about prayer. Because I think sometimes we approach prayer the same way. God, I deserve ice cream. I deserve DQ and Pop-Tarts. I'm wanting DQ and Pop-Tarts. And you're coming and saying, I'm praying for DQ because I'm hungry for DQ and Pop-Tarts. I think DQ and Pop-Tarts tastes amazing. I think there's nothing like me being able to go in and just start the day off asking and then getting DQ and Pop-Tarts. But how many guys know that God knows that every, how many, I'm going to put it this way. How many of you know you've prayed for things and you've never gotten an answer for it? It didn't come. You didn't get what you thought you needed. You didn't get what you thought you wanted. And, and we have to approach prayer. And you look at this, you say, God, I really was praying for this. You never gave it to me. I was praying for that relationship. I was praying for that prince to come into my life. I was praying for that, for that job to open up. I'm praying for this person to have a change of heart. And while it looks good to you, you're realizing, saying, wait a second, this never came. Because God might have looked down and said, listen, my timing is perfect to change the heart of that person to come to Christ. You're not ready for the relationship quite yet. I need to work on you a little bit more before you get the relationship. You know what? That job would have provided more stress on you and your marriage. And you know what? You don't need that job in your life because it would have collapsed your marriage and you thought you needed it and you didn't. Say this, prayer reminds us that God has his best intentions for life when we have our worst moments in life. Prayer reminds us this, God has his best intentions for our lives when we are having our worst moments in our lives. That's what prayer is. And I'm gonna read this, this is our scripture as we're unpacking prayer today, Matthew 7. This This is what it says, this is our text for study. It says this, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Today, we, I understand this as Christians. We live in this tension. Why does God answer some prayers and not others? Does God hear me? Do I need to be perfect for God to answer my prayers? Does prayer really accomplish anything? These are the questions we're going to unpack today a little bit. And I just want to, I'm praying that God would speak to you. I believe God's going to ignite a prayer life in you. 
that you've never had before. I believe God is gonna inspire you to be able to pray in the kind of way that's very different. I believe God's gonna shift your mindset that you're gonna have a moment like I did, that you think you're wanting DQ and and Pop-Tarts, but God is trying to say, listen, there is some wonderfully healthy, delicious, sustaining responses that I wanna give you that aren't gonna taste so good going down, but it's going to strengthen you and make you stronger as a man and a woman of God. Teenager, it's going to make you stronger in your faith and in your life. It's gonna make you to when you come to worship and you go to pray, you're not just pulling a slot machine, hoping all three cherries line up. But what you're gonna do is you're gonna say, God, I'm asking for this. And you're gonna say, okay, then watch God move and give you exactly what you need, not what you necessarily want. So God, I pray right now for our church. Come on, if you're ready to receive today, put a hand on your heart. Come on, outward sign of an inward desire. Here we go, God, stir our hearts today to pray. Stir our hearts today to become intercessors, to lean in in a stronger way. It doesn't matter where we come from. It doesn't matter what our day looks like. It doesn't matter who we are in Christ. We have an access. We have an access. We have an accessible opportunity to come to a loving father that wants to give us good things that when we want bread and when we want when we want bread we're not going to get a stone when we want these good things that we think are good God's not out to hurt us I'm, we're shifting mindsets right now that say that says God is trying to punish me no we're shifting mindsets when I say that God is out to make my life miserable to teach me a lesson no we're taking authority over all of those, all over those mindsets and thoughts of what prayer is not. And you're releasing into us an understanding of what prayer is. Open up, God, right now. We receive your word in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Are you ready to receive a word? Come on. Are you ready to receive a word? This isn't, I'm a responsive preacher. I am not necessarily a teacher. I am a preacher. And so when I, a lot of times I lean in and I pull a lot of times. You might see me in the front row and you hear me going, hey, let's go, hey. You hear me doing that? It's because I'm pulling on that because I'm trying to grab what's being said. I'm trying to pull on what's coming out of the mouth of the worship leader or of the preacher. And and I'm aligning my body, soul, and spirit with the word, that word that's coming out. So I'm praying the same thing for you guys today as we get ready to go. Awesome. Thanks, Jeremy. Okay, listen, here we go. Sermon on the Mount. That's what we're looking at today as where this scripture is found. Here's the deal. Leading up to Sermon on the Mount, here's, here's what was going on so far in Matthew 7. Jesus comes on the scene. He, pre, he declares in the temple that he has come to be able to be, to be the Savior, to come in and say that, that, I, that he declares himself Isaiah 61's answer. He declares him the thing that everyone's praying for. Jesus gets rejected by the religious people. He goes out and all of a sudden you see some 
The common people are loving it. The religious and the political community is not liking it. It prompts the authorities. They go and arrest John the Baptist, who was preparing the way for Jesus to come. Now John the Baptist is arrested. The disciples are going, of John's disciples are like, what do we do? John, we've seen and trust. Now we got this new guy coming on the scene. His name is Jesus. Is he who he says he is? So now John is arrested. Jesus says, you know what? Here's what I need to do. I need to give a sermon so that people understand who I, what I'm about, what this new kingdom is about. And so some of those new disciples, and Jesus was recruiting a few of them, some of John's disciples, he invited them and amongst with the whole community, and he begins to lay out his sermon. And as you look at this, you know the sermon of the Sermon on the Mount. He starts preaching. He starts sharing what God is speaking to him, what he's about, what he's come to do. We talk, he shares with them the Beatitudes. And then he goes on this whole thing on how to pray. He talks about fasting. And then he talks about, now listen, you're going to start to worry because you're like, I'm not seeing the results and the answers. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow takes care of him, it'll take care of itself. And then he leans into this verse when he's midway through the sermon, after he just got done doing, when you contextualize this, he does this long layout of, of, of prayer and worry and fasting, this whole idea of how to connect with God. And then he says this, he, unless he says, ask and it will be given. Don't, don't worry. Don't stress. Don't freak out. Don't wonder. Ask, it's going to be given to you. Seek, you're going to find. Knock, and it's going to be open for you. He says, he says with confidence that when you do this, the answer is going to come. And it's like, I began to think of this, I was thinking of it this way, with ask, seek, and knock. It's like, if faith is a muscle, prayer is the movement. If faith makes you stronger, then it's like asking is like the bench press. Seeking is the bicep. Knocking, I actually say knocking is the bicep, right? Um, asking, giving, seeking is like the sort of spiritual squat. So to say. you know what I'm saying? Like every single, there's different ways to pray and to ask. Those are the movements. Faith is the muscle. So you want to ask, you're going to be seeking and you're going to be knocking. And that's what's going to work. Because listen, prayer is different. When I pray, a lot of times, you've heard me say this, worship songs, as you heard Miranda singing and our guest worship leader from Minneapolis today, Brittany Kinsey, who did amazing. Brittany, we love you. You don't know this, but Brittany was one of my interns from way back in the day. She came to sing here today just to lend her voice. Love you, Brittany. So great having you. And listen, when they're declaring and they're singing, I'm, you've heard me say this, these are not just, don't just sing a song. This is your prayer with notes to it. Pray it out. As you're singing it, make it a prayer. Just declare it over your situation, over your marriage, over your kids, over your city, over your school, over wherever. This is what it is. And when I pray, that's part of me times I'm praying. And a lot of times I stop singing and I just declare it or I'll pause my singing and start praying for 10 seconds on that word. There's sometimes the word of God for your life is the will of God for your life. Sometimes I will go in and when I don't know what to pray, I flex, I, I do this, I do the workout of singing and declaring. I do the workout of reading a scripture, aligning myself with the scripture. I do, I do a workout of where I just am like, I don't know what to pray, God. I'll intercede in the Holy Spirit and I don't know what to pray, but according to Romans 8, I just lean in and pray and say, okay, God, move, do this. And then of other faith movements, other prayer workout moments is asking and seeking and knocking. Ask will be given to you. Jesus said, 
asking and it will be given to you. There's something in this. Says Jesus, if you ask, if you don't ask, then let's put it in reverse. If you don't ask, would it be given to you? I don't know. If we were to reverse this, maybe that's true. If you never pray because you're never feeling like you're worthy of it, or you don't know if, if, if Jesus really cares enough to answer your small request, wrong. Those are wrong thinking. Because God says, ask. Jesus is declaring, when you pray, ask, and it will be given to you. Psalms first chapter 2, verse 8. Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance and the ends of the earth your possession. Come on, the, the scope of your asking is literally goes as far as the nations, right? That's great news. And then it says this, you know, I, I was thinking of the other one, 1 Kings 3, verses 10 through 14, Solomon goes in as the king and he's like, listen, I need to know how to lead I need to know how to run my kingdom. And if you're, um, if, if you're a leader in here and you're leading a family, you're leading a job, you're, you're, you're over people at the university, you're over people at your corporation, you're over people as, as a teacher and students in your home. Solomon, God goes to Solomon and says, what do you want? Ask, I'll give it to you. And Solomon in verse 10, the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. What did Solomon ask for? He asked for wisdom. He asked for wisdom. So God said to him, since you have asked for this wisdom and not for a long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for death of your enemies, but for discernment and administering justice, I will do what you've asked. I will give you wise and discerning hearts so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be anyone like you. Moreover, I will give you that you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no, you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me, keep your decrees, I will give you a long life. I just love the fact, this, I put that in there because sometimes the greatest prayer you can say is this, God, I need wisdom. I need to know how to run this board meeting. I need to know how to run this moment. I need to know how to run these students. I need a wisdom from you right now how to figure it out. And, and that's what we need. So there's that, okay? The next one. Well, and I, I begin, well, why doesn't God answer my prayer when I ask then? That's one of the questions I ask myself. And is this, we don't get what we ask for because we're asking with the wrong motive. James 4, 3, look at this. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. That's a key verse, right? You want Dairy Queen and Pop-Tarts and God's like, you're asking because you just want a sugar, you want a sugar high. You don't realize you need some, some vitamin C protein pack punch in your life. So guess what? You're not gonna get Pop-Tarts and Dairy Queen because the motive's wrong. You're gonna get this wonderful, delicious peas instead. Now it doesn't taste good, but it's what you needed because your motive was off. It's because your motive was off. So do a motive check. That's what we do as Christians. Next, seek and you will find. I love this. I love this. Seek and you will find. Because when I think of seeking, it makes me think of when I was little, I played hide and seek with my adorable daughter, Anya, the amazing Anya, who was soups cute when she was little in her bell dress, because that was her favorite princess, Disney princess. And we would go and she would do this and we would play hide and seek. And here's the thing about hide and seek when you play with, when I play with my adorable daughter, when I play with her, I would hide. We play hide and seek. 
But the goal was not for me to be like, I'm gonna hide so hard she's never gonna find me. And then she's like, dad, where are you screaming? I'm like, I got the best hiding spot. She'll never find me. And I just spent hours in there. She never found me and she was crying to mom, wondering where would dad go? And it come out for three days. Do you think that's, what kind of a dad is that? Right? No, you know this dads. When you play hide and seek with your daughter or your son, you want to be found. You love watching them call out your name. You love watching them search through the hallways. I love it when I, when I go and I let my foot stick out just a little bit because then when she sees a little glimpse of me as her dad, she runs up behind the curtain and goes, I found you. And I go, oh, you found me. You're the best. You are the best seeker. You found me. And I take her and I pick her up. That's just like God. When you seek after God, God isn't out to try to hide himself from you for three days and never ever talk to you, never ever respond to you. Just keep all of this whole thing of where he's just like, good luck, good luck, dad, trying to seek on behalf of your family. Hope you can find me in the next three days. No. You know, the beauty about God is he's a loving father. He reveals a little bit of himself so that he can be found because his greatest joy is when you seek him and you find him. That's the beauty of seeking is you get to be that God, you get to find God and he gets to find you. I love what Proverbs eight seventeen. I love those who love me and those who seek me, find me. It says, as God talking about himself as wisdom for your life. I love Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. There's something about seeking after God when you pursue that brings a joy to him and it's worth it for you. Psalm 37 says, Keep trusting in the Lord and do what is right in his eyes. Fix your heart on the promises of God and you will be secure, feasting on his faithfulness. Make God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life and he will provide you with what you desire most. Give God the right to direct your life and as you trust him along the way, you will find that he pulled it off perfectly. Come on, that's seeking. It's giving to God and saying, God, I'm following, I'm seeking after you. The Greek word for that is search. The Latin word for that means to smell. You're literally, it's like seek, it's like when you seek God, it's like, you're, it's, it's almost like my son, when my wife bakes homemade chocolate chip cookies for him, he's up in his room, haven't heard from him for like an hour. And he comes down and he goes, are you baking cookies? You know what I mean? It's like, and, and she goes, yes, back up in your room. Not now. I want some. No, we're having, you're going to have some peas first. Okay. So this is the deal. Cause he's like, Hey, I, it's the same thing when you're seeking. It's like you're smelling. It's like, I even thought of the radio. Remember the, some of the old school radios, you just hit seek on the radio. You're like, boop. And it goes, do, 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 boing. And then it pulls up like a radio station. It's like that same thing. Like when you're seeking, you're just like, you're just seeking and you're just waiting to see what aligns, what, what gets downloaded in, in your spiritual antenna to get to land on that spot so you can hear from God. But does God hear me when I pray? But does God really hear me? Scripture found in 1 John 5 says this. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know they have eternal life. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Whatever we ask, we know that we will have what we have asked of him. There's such a big thing 
that we say there's the, your will and his will. And when you ask according to the will of God, he hears you. And there's a difference between listening and hearing. Listening is the word here for the word hearing is, the, is where we get the word akuo. That's the Greek word for that. And it means to consciously choose to do. There's a difference between, you know, dad, 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 right? How many of you guys experienced that with your kids? Dad, 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 dad. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I hear you, I hear you. You're not, you're constantly poking at my leg. And I go, yes, son, what would you like? And he goes, can I have Pop-Tarts and Dairy Queen? No, you get peas. So it's the same thing. You're just like, wait a second. I hear, uh, you're saying like, I'm hearing you, but then there's a listening. There's a difference between hearing and listening. Listening is that proactive stance that you take. So there's that. God does, he does hear you. But when you ask with the wrong, when you're not asking according to his will, he's not going to proactively lean in and fix your situation because it's not what he wants for you. Knock and the door will be open. Doors of opportunity. I would see this as like, God, I need opportunity. If asking is petitioning requests and seeking is kind of finding out that direction in your life, knocking is those doors of opportunity that we're asking God to open for us. And he will knock and those doors are open. As long as it's the door of the door. You've known this. We've gone up, you know, you knock on certain doors that don't open, certain doors do. But God prepares these doors in advance and, and unlocks them for you to go into. Look at Ephesians 2.10 for we're God's handiwork created in Christ to do good works which God prepared in advance for you to do. That there is doors of opportunity for you that God prepared in advance. So you didn't get the job that you thought you were going to get um, in, in Missouri or in the deep south or, or you didn't get the job you applied for the corporate job you were going to get and you didn't get it. That's okay. That means wait until the next opportunity. It's fine. You knocked on the door. It didn't open. I didn't, you didn't get into the school you were going to try to get into. You didn't get into, you knocked and you thought, am I going to get the job that I was asked for? And I'm just like, oh God, I need this opportunity. Well, you knocked and suddenly, hey, this opened up. Education opened up to give me an opportunity to be able to do something I never thought I could do. That door opened. That's great. Maybe God's forging, funneling, giving you, God's saying, you need more education. Your, your assignment isn't done where I placed you. Maybe that's what you've got to understand because if God is a good God, then God is for you and he wants what's best for you. But what about when the door closes? Remember this, Psalm 145, verse nine. What about I knock and I'm pounding? Knocking is literally striking, it says. In the, you're striking the door and God says, the Lord is good to all. And his tender mercies are all are over all of his works. Psalm 145, verse 9. Psalm, Psalm 27. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The thing you have to remember is God is good. And he's got the good things set apart for you. There's good things that God wants to do for you. God isn't out to harm you or hurt you. He's out to give you good things. Ask, seek, and knock are not one-hit wonder words. If you were to break this down, if Jesus was preaching live sermon, he would have said, 
Keep on asking and it'll be given to you. It'll be given to you. Keep on seeking. Never stop. Never give up. Tomorrow, keep seeking. Keep on knocking. Keep pounding on the door and see what door opens. See where I'm working. Keep asking and your, your heart will eventually align with my will. Your, 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 your perspective's eventually gonna get sought right and you don't have to worry. I'm not out to hurt you or harm you or stop you. I'm out to be able to say, listen, I wanna give you the best because I'm good. That's what God says. He's a good God. James 1.17, every good and perfect thing comes from the Father above. I love that. So here's some quick practical stuff as we get ready to close out. Five ways to give new lift to your prayer life, all right? Five ways to give new lift to your prayer life. Here's the first thing. Don't let prayer be your last resort, but your first response. Come on, you're gonna go to prayer finally? You, you ran to your mom, you ran to your girlfriend, you ran to your best friend, you ran and complained to your boss, you complained to your wife, you talked about it with your friends on social media, you tweeted about it, you did it, you went to Instagram, you talked about it, and then you finally went to prayer when you went to bed at 11.39 at night? Uh-uh, that's a last resort. Check your heart, it's the first thing you do, say, this didn't work out. Before I talk to Heidi, before I talk to my boss, before I talk to people, God, I'm giving it to you. I don't know why this didn't come. I don't know why the door didn't open. I don't know why this is not working out, but I'm giving it to you. I'm asking for opportunity. That's what we gotta do. Luke 5, 16, it says this, when it says in Luke 15, it says, your first response is Jesus. Before everybody was up, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Disciples are always wondering, where's Jesus? praying. But wait, the days, it's like 7 a.m. And he's been out, he's been out there for like two hours already. Dad, is that you? Speaking to dads, challenging my dads in the house, because I'm one of them. Do your kids wake up finding you in front of your Bible and praying? Next thing. Number two, give your prayer life some of a lack of praying is a lack of planning. Come on, that's good. If you aren't, if part of your prayer, Planning isn't like, ask the Lord about it. Give it to God. Lay it before the Lord. Let's do it. Let's go ahead and say, listen, we're gonna have a moment. I need to, part of the planning should be pray about it with your team. Pray about it with the family. Lay, about, lay it out before God. If you're a Christian, you can pray at your work. Get your team together and say, we gotta pray first. Then we figure it out, right? Proverbs 16, three through four, commit to the Lord, whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. I love this. That's what, that's what happens. You can be, there are planners are great, but listen, you got to put prayer into it. Here's the third thing. Praying moves your situation forward and complaining moves your situation backward. That's one of my favorite ones. I've used that in the past and I will say it to you again. Listen, praying is a forward motion. Complaining is a backward motion. Are you a complainer? Guess what? You're not doing yourself or your family or your situation any good, Right? Complaining moves your situation backwards, but when you pray, you gain ground. When you pray, you move forward. When you pray, worry moves you in circles. Worry says, if this happens, then this could happen, then this could happen. If I don't happen this, if this doesn't happen, if they don't, if I don't get into this school, if this doesn't happen, if she doesn't say yes, then this is gonna happen. If this is, and you just go in circles. Prayer is a forward motion. Prayer is like, God, I'm seeking after you. Where are you taking me? I follow you wherever you call me to go. That is what God does, right? Are you guys with me? All right. Oh, let's see. Number four, 
Clarity for your personal life is proportionate to the quality of your prayer life. Clarity for your personal life is proportionate to the quality. quality. You got a quality prayer life, you have a pretty good understanding. If prayer is marking your life, prayer heightens your awareness and gives, well, gives you like a sixth sense that enables you to perceive the spiritual reality around you, right? I don't know why this is happening. Well, when was the last time you prayed about it and you sat and you sought God for a while and got a perspective on it? I love what Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your, in all your ways. Everybody say all your ways, all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. He will show you the things to make. He will move you forward. Lastly, I'll end with this. This is this, the fifth way. Don't stop at the sixth time. Don't stop at the sixth time. I love this story. First Kings 18, 33 through 34. You can read it later. It's a great story. There was a drought. Ever feel like you're in a drought? Ever feel like, where is the reign of God in my life? There was a drought in the land. And Elijah's praying. And God says, I'm gonna send rain. Don't you love it when God goes, I'm a relief, I'm gonna relieve you of the drought. You're going, praise God, this is awesome. And what happens? You're like, okay, uh, kind of check the look to see if the check was in the mail today. Never came. Day two, where is this? Where is my relief? Where's the relief from the drought? Where is what's going? Where is it? I'm looking for the answer. And what happens in this story is Elijah tells his servant, he's praying. And he says, Go check and see if the rain's here. The servant, the servant goes to check, comes back and says, The answer is not here yet. The answer is not here yet. Go check the second time. He goes again, comes back the second time. Hear anything? Nope, no answer yet. He goes back and checks the third time. He does this. The sixth time he says, no answer on my prayers yet that I've been asking for God to bring relief for my job and my situation. What does Elijah say? He goes, go back, check one more time. He could have said, I got it wrong. You know what? If this is God, if God doesn't want to answer on the sixth time, you know what? God clearly hates me. He doesn't want anything. He doesn't love my life. He clearly wants me to suffer. He clearly doesn't want me to, 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 to succeed in this. So you know what? I'm done. Don't be that Elijah's servant who stops at the sixth time. Because Elijah says, check one more time. And he goes out on the seventh time and he says, oh, I see it now. There's a cloud coming on the horizon, the size of a man's hand, bringing the rain. God, you've proved yourself faithful. You've proved yourself faithful on the seventh time. So don't give up on the sixth time, right? Don't give up. Because the cloud needs to move its way from the other end of the world to get to where you can see it right? So I don't know where you're at today, but God wants to speak to you in prayer. Will you guys stand with me as we close? And prayer teams, you can come up to the front as we get ready to pray. I'm going to close this in prayer. And as prayer teams get in position, asking is a request. Seeking is direction. And knocking is a door of opportunity. 
I'm gonna ask you this, and I'm gonna pray for you. How many of you guys are asking for God to bring um, an answer? How many of you are seeking for direction? How many of you are knocking and you're waiting for an opportunity to get open? Lift your hand up if you fall into one of those three categories. Lift your hand if you fall in one of those three categories. All right, look around you. Look around you. Who needs an answer? Listen, if you, I want you, if you're around someone and if, they're, if they need to tell you, don't lay a hand on me if they don't want you to pray for them, okay? But if, you, if they don't say anything, then you can go and position yourself and put a hand either on them or towards them. So if you're the body of Christ, you can move. I want you to move right now. Who has a hand up? So high, put it high. We gotta see you. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, God. You're moving. If you're new here, that's okay. You're part of our body. We're gonna have, we're gonna pray for God to move right now. There's so many needs in this house. So many needs. We're asking for God to move. Let's pray right now. If you don't know what to pray, you're the body. Say, Jesus, bring the answer. That's what your prayer is right now as the church. Jesus, bring the answer. Jesus, in your, by your name and your authority, move. We're asking, we're seeking and knocking. Bring the answer. Asking, seeking, and knocking. Say this, in the name of Jesus, bring the answer. In the name of Jesus, show yourself strong. In the name of Jesus, we are asking and we receive. In the name of Jesus, we are seeking. We're praying we'll find it today. You're praying this. In the name of Jesus, we're knocking and praying for doors to be opened. In the name of Jesus. Lord, right now, we're praying for it. We're asking right now, Lord, for doors to open for jobs. That's enough. It's enough. We've had some, this is the sixth time. We're waiting for this. This is the seventh time in Jesus' name. Seventh time in Jesus' name for your job opportunity. God, we're asking God. We're hoping to find the answer today. We need you to bring an answer for this problem. We need you to bring an answer for this. We need the salvation to be the answer. We need movement to be the answer. We need your answer. To, we need you to answer this. Lord, we're seeking right now direction. Bring the direction in our lives. Lord, if this is your will, let it happen. We don't want Pop-Tarts and DQ. We need the healthy. We need what God has for us. We don't want what we want. We want what you want. So release, God, the health of the kingdom of God, the protein-packed punch of a God-anointed, God-aligned will of God prayer right now. Bring the answer, God. We're trusting. We're trusting. We're trusting. We're seeking. This is that we're saying, God, we're not going to give up. We're looking to you as the answer. We're calling, Lord, even for people that are wanting children. We're saying, God, bring a miracle. We're saying, bring a miracle in Jesus' name. Bring a beautiful miracle, God. Open up doors of opportunity. Open up new jobs for those that need it, God. We're asking with pure motives according to your will in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Come on, lift some, lift your... Come on, lift it up. God's moving. Hey, that's so good. Sorry, prayer teams. I called you up and then I put you out there. Now you can come back. Hey, thanks for coming to church today. These prayer teams, if you're like, whoa, God's moving in me. I need some answers. These prayer teams want to pray with you. They're up here. Come up. They, are at, they want to pray and believe with you. Thanks for coming to River Valley Church. God bless you guys. Have a great week. 
praying, seeking, knocking, and watching God move. Bless you guys.